Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Boomies by Minutes host examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Bubba Wheat from It's Time to Rewind, and we are all here discussing Minute 35 of Bowfinger, starting with an uncomfortable conversation about a mentally challenged slave and ending with Carol in character confronting Kit Ramsey about his wanting her burning inside of him. Joining me once again and for the last time is... Roger Wister from Roadhouse Minutes. How are you doing today? Hey, Bubba Wheat. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And also joining me once again is Lance Stanford from The Night Nerd. How are you doing? I'm a little, little sad. Our, our journey is coming to an end here, our week together. Um, it's been, been a lot of fun. I'm sad it's, it's over. Yeah, it's, it has definitely been a fun week, and we get to kick this off with a bang. And oh boy, do we get to kick this minute off with some uncomfortableness. Although I do appreciate that the agent character is just as uncomfortable with Kit Ramsey's rant as we are today listening to him talk about <laughs> Buck the Wonder Slave. I think one of the funniest lines of the week is when his agent is like, oh, I'm just going to get up and go schmooze now. I'm yeah. going to try to I'm going to try to work that into a situation where I feel like I need to get out of an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. I need to go schmooze now. Yeah, And, and I did look up. Uh, I was kind of curious about the etymology of the word schmooze. And it originally came from a Yiddish version of a Hebrew word that meant warm conversation. Although nowadays it pretty much exclusively means flattering conversation in order to get something out of someone. And it's usually within the entertainment industry. Um, and so, yeah, we get this. And then, you know, the agent uncomfortably goes off and we get another moment of covert filming as Bowfinger just waves his arm out the window in order to start signaling everybody, you know, signaling last looks for Carol so she can take her outer robe off and get ready to put her wig on. The the little microphone slide is just <laughs> gets me every time because he thinks he's just being so cool and smooth about it. And it's just like, no, it's a big microphone. <laughs> uh, but I also noticed here um, there's nothing on his table, like not even a, a free water. It's just he's just sitting there looking at the menu. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, okay. not, Actually, there is a water. Oh, there was. It's like right behind the the plant centerpiece. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess I missed it. But 
yeah, that there's no food or, or anything. He's just there waiting to have that one little move with the microphone. And I'm absolutely certain that after they get the shot, he is going to leave without ordering anything. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite parts of the minute. Um, this is a PG-13 podcast. So I'll just point out that like the particular way that that microphone is positioned and the particular way that it slides out of the menu is, shall we say, <laughs> phallic? Uh, anatomically interesting yes you not to put a too fine a point on it like it's <laughs> it's just it's very it it it's th- this is this is a good this is a good slater minute is this uh, like supposed to be mirroring um kit ramsey and the laker girls later in the movie <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> it, it's a nice little little bit of lowbrow in a highbrow film uh you just to kind of break it up a little bit and yeah i think that's why it, it gets a laugh is because I mean jokes like that are funny sometimes. Like <laughs> also the the look on his face, like he's trying so hard. Like he he's probably attracting more attention by <laughs> intently staring off in a completely random direction. Yeah, and and I know that we saw this uh cassette recorder earlier, but we get a good look at it and it's kind of focused in the middle of the shot whenever Bowfinger says sound, and we see this extremely low tech cassette recorder and the the crew member hits record and and i noticed that he hits his he hits record with his middle finger instead of his index finger which you're just kind of bouncing back and and forth in this minute i th- i just noticed that as something you, you don't really see as often but yeah it, it's just like this this low-tech cassette recorder with i'm guessing it's a wireless microphone but see you can't do wireless mics on those those are like the old cassette recorders you would get from the library at school and and stuff like that like i don't uh, there needs to be a wire somewhere in there or um or slater needs to have the recording the, the cassette or something and i know that i know that's a trifle gripe and it doesn't affect anything but yeah there should be I feel like there should be a wire or something there. I mean, again, I think this enhances my enjoyment. Like when they do low rent, slightly inaccurate ways of producing their movie, that enhances my enjoyment of the experience (laughs) because I think it fits in with this notion that this is really, this is, this is an incompetently put together movie production. And I just love what we see of him directing with just his arm sticking out a window <laughs> and just how how energetically he does this every time and him just pointing to the the lights and you know that this is the payoff for the setup that we had early in the week with the will work for food sign and and i did look look it up and you know this this is re- what's referred to as a bounce card and this is something that is accurate for low budget filmmaking you know using a poster board wrapped in aluminum foil can actually work as a bounce card my question about that whole part though is like do you do you use bounce cards and outdoor lighting or do you use bounce cards and and extra lighting to film outdoor scenes like this i think in this case you would because since there's no direct lighting i mean yeah there's sunlight but there's no direct lighting on kit like it's going to help uh but but also again you know it is a low budget film and if you go back and watch 
you know, like the low budget sci-fi films from the 50s and 60s, like the lighting on there, they make sure you know who the main character is. You know, there's that just usually hard, almost harsh lighting on somebody um, like like Ed Wood movies and stuff. Um, I, so yes and no. Again, having that, this is what they think they should be doing, low budget style. Um, it, it's totally believable that they would do something like that. I just, I'm surprised none of the, patrons of the cafe like ah you know get <laughs> blinded by it yeah because we do see the actual lighting change as he puts the bounce card basically right in kit ramsey's face and they really have zero reaction which i would think maybe kit ramsey is used to it like is that it could be like second nature for him that you know he sees a bright light and he's used to ignoring it so even when even though he's in real life and not in a movie setting uh, at least as far as he knows um that he's he just ignores it yeah and i, I mean since it is daytime outside probably um i i think it's interesting that he's signing an autograph here when we cut back to him after the the light and this is it's one of the only times we see him really be a celebrity and i mean aside from the whole thing at the suit shop um but this is one of the only times we see him connect with his fans and be a celebrity where it's not negative because even like at the suit shop he's like oh it's going to cost you a thousand dollars and then the way he interacts with uh the laker cheerleaders and you know (laughs) this is one of the only times or even his driver like we talked about earlier this week like what your name keith what what's your name and but seeing him like sign and have kind of have a smile, it it was uh, refreshing, I guess, you know, to kind of see that he can be the professional actor and stuff and, and be nice sometimes. Yeah, it's it's nice to see a different side of Kit Ramsey, like the actual superstar, but like the you know, the, the friendly face interacting with his fans. And 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 I definitely did notice that and I, I like that and just the way that it's it's still pretty low-key because they are in a, a restaurant but i i think the the two extras have the right amount of excitement for getting an autograph with superstar kit ramsey yeah are we ready to talk about carol <laughs> yeah we, oh, we, man. we don't see the wig application but whenever we cut back to carol she is in full costume with with her wig on and she just struts towards the restaurant. I love the way that, I love the way that they wait for so long, relatively speaking, in the scene for you to see all of her, like with the wig and the sunglasses and everything. Because when you see that first shot of her from the front, um, it's just it's just hilarious. The, the wig and the sunglasses together, I think, are what make that outfit. Yeah, and, and again, we get another loud costume because she's wearing a green and black polka dotted blouse and a bright red, you know, uh, ankle length dress with, you know, a slit that only goes up about uh, mid cat or just above the knee uh, with the slit. And it has the string that's like hangs down in front all the way down her front and the, the black choker, which we did see whenever she was in makeup. And as soon as she goes, as soon as she walks up to Kit, 
she is just on. Then she goes from zero to 60 in this completely nonsense script whenever she's like, when you left Phoenix, it wasn't because you wanted to raise soybeans. You had to get away. Why? Because it was wanted me. Was it because you wanted me and it burned inside of you? It's just, no, I, I can't imagine anybody but Karine, uh, Christine Baranski doing it with this level of intensity. It's a really good payoff for when she says before, it's like, oh, you'll get your scene. <laughs> like every every scene she's in has to be the most dramatic part of the movie. Yeah, she has to be the focus of that scene. I, I love like the looks Eddie Murphy's given too, though, where he's still <laughs> so confused. And uh, especially coming off of him being so outlandish and arms flailing. And, and then right after that, somebody one ups him and is even more <laughs> outrageous and he's like what yeah you know, he's almost doing the same looks that the agent did where he's looking around like how how do i get out of here and i i think that mirror uh is it's pretty funny i like the way that this shot is uh, so yes exactly what you said lance the way that they shoot that scene because they they flip it around in order for you to get christine baranski from the front but with the way that they've composed the shot, like I'm looking at like second 53 of this minute where you can see, I mean, it, it's almost like Eddie Murphy is breaking the fourth wall and looking at us like, this is ridiculous. And you know that this is ridiculous. And I, I don't know what's going on, um, but this is this is clearly ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's so great with that, that little double take where he's just looking around. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can I can see what you're talking what you're talking about where he does have this like just single frame where he is almost looking directly at, at camera like at, at the audience and it it is this just great role reversal where the begin and like this is almost like perfectly framed where at the beginning of this minute we had like like you said this scene with Kit Ramsey going off on this bizarre rant and his agent is the one complete in dismay and has to excuse himself and it's like i'm gonna go schmooze and then just not even like 30 seconds later uh, carol comes in and gives this complete insane rant at kit ramsey and now he's the one put in his agent's position and he ends the minute just by saying i beg your pardon and that's right where the minute ends well and i, I think uh this is another example of throughout the movie up until really the, the end, something always happens to pull his entourage or whoever he's with away right before these scenes are shot. You know, so <laughs> what, later on, you know, they literally drug the guy and drag him in the bushes, but here the agent leaves. And I, I think that helps to understand where his paranoia comes from because he's like i'm all alone when this stuff happens and yeah i just the the isolation that he gets and if if it is a fourth wall break you know even he's like okay you know you're you're here with me right you're seeing this and uh so if it's not a fourth wall break then i got nothing but if it is you know it's a, it's a really <laughs> cool cool moment and and then i can pre i can also appreciate that we do still see like at the end of this minute, we see Slater still holding his microphone right at the next table. So he's getting all the audio. Again, you know, th this is a fantastic minute 
from start to end, but I, I don't really have anything else. The, the only other thing I, no I notice is like in the background, you can see that Kit and his agents um, both had full salads and well, full untouched salads with some mushrooms and, and tomatoes. Um, <laughs> and uh, it looks like iced tea to drink. Uh, but that's that's really all I got. Um, I, I want to touch back on Christine Baranski. We keep talking about her. And I think she's one of those really talented people that can play the crazy against calm, like in this movie, or the calm against crazy, like in The Grinch or in The Birdcage or something. Um, I haven't seen what, what was the the show you were talking about earlier in the week, Roger? I know it's a it's a spinoff of The Good Wife, right? No, well, she's in The Good Wife. Okay, um, that was where, and then she got that launched her into her own spinoff, which I think is called The Good Fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she was, you know, she was one of the major co stars of The Good Wife. She reminds me a lot of Allison Janney, in the sense that you know, from The West Wing and all kinds of other things. Um, in the sense that when you see her, she can absolutely carry a scene with the emotional weight and heft that it that it needs. But at the same time, like she's a brilliant physical comedian and mm -hmm. is a like she has so much range in terms of the the mood that she has to bring to a particular scene. And you get a little bit of that in this movie. I mean, frankly, this movie doesn't have a whole lot of like emotional range. So, mm -hmm. But, you know, like. This this week started with her saying, you know, are you sure I shouldn't be in this scene? And then it starts with her at the end, literally being hysterical. So you get, <laughs> you get a little slice of that in uh, in just in these five minutes. Yeah. I just had one other thing I wanted to mention, and I think I m forgot to mention earlier in the week, uh, but I'm surprised we haven't talked about the the score in these minutes but just sort of in the whole movie, but particularly in these minutes, whenever they need to go to sort of the, I guess we'll call it like the hijink score, that that just sort of brassy jazz motif that they have playing underneath. Um, it's fantastic. Like I, the, I guess the composer for this movie is a guy named David Newman, who I'm not very familiar with. Um, I'm, but I'm familiar with the name. It's he's definitely someone that I've I've heard before, and and I think he's. Probably, you know, not one of the the top ten well known composers, but I I think I want to say that he's done a lot of work, and I, I think in this movie, for me, anyways, it's the best kind of score that it enhances the movie, but it never calls attention to itself. So it's something that I I don't really think about at all. So it because it it just fits so perfectly with the scene that it 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 kind of just. Um, you know, it becomes a part of the the scene without making you think about, oh, this this score is doing this. Yeah, no, I think the tone is great. I think I think the music tells you that we're in on the joke. Mm. Um, I think that maybe the reason why you've heard of David Newman is that he's Randy Newman's cousin. Yeah, the the whole Newman family. But I I just pulled up David Newman, and oh, I, oh okay, he did the music for Green Eggs and Ham on Netflix. Was it? I don't know if y'all got to watch that yeah but it, it's really good um he did night school girls trip um tarzan the 2013 tarzan big mama's house scooby-doo curse of monster lake Ooh, spy next door these are not 
<laughs> the, the squeakle scooby-doo mystery begins i saw he did norbit um he did serenity okay man of the house are we there yet scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed cat in the hat daddy daycare so he's done some stuff with eddie murphy it looks like um dr doolittle 2 yeah he did the nutty professor he, he seems like he's uh he's eddie Murphy's go -to guy. there's there's our circle back um well but when talking about music, do you think Steve Martin had any input on that? You know, being a musician himself, writing the script and everything? Possibly. Yeah, I would imagine that he, I think he probably definitely had some input into the kind of the, the sound scape that they were trying to create. Because he does that bluesy, folksy, jazz style um, on some of his albums and things. So, yeah, the music's great. Good, good call out. That's all I've got for this minute, and I guess for this week. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up this week. And th thank you both so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun this entire week. And uh, for everybody at home, I hope you're enjoying this Movies by Minutes group project. And just as a reminder, all the people involved in covering Bowfinger, there are hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at moviesbyminutes.com. And I am building a wiki, which is at moviesbyminutes.fandom.com, where you can find your favorite movie. And if your favorite movie hasn't been covered, why not cover it yourself and join the community? The opening and closing music has been sung by Mr. Math, and you can find his other work on Spotify. And again, you know, thanks. Thank you, Roger. And why don't you, for one last time, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you and your work online. Oh, thanks again, Boba Wheat, and thanks for having me on uh, to share this week with you. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of me and my better half, my wife, Marcy, you can come and find us on Roadhouse Minute, uh, anywhere you can find quality podcasts, uh, or you can come and find us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce, uh, or you can find us on Twitter at, at RH Minute. And Lance? Uh, you can find my podcast. Same, just anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can find my thoughts, ramblings, funny pictures, things like that on all social media at The Night Nerd, N-I-G-H-T, N-E-R-D. Just literally almost any site you go to, you can type it in and you'll find me. Um, except like the unsavory sites, but all the good sites <laughs> out there. Uh, if you want to check out any of my writing or works, you can follow me on Substack, Substack uh, thenightnerd.substack.com, or look for my author page on Amazon, Lance, L-A-N-C-E, Stanford, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D, um, kids books, uh, YA books, just all sorts of stuff out there for you. Uh, please, you know, if, if you feel so inclined, come come check it out and come say hi. And yeah, thanks, Bubba Wheat, so much for letting me rediscover this movie that I probably saw but don't remember, but now um, I, I had to buy it on dvd or blu-ray because i enjoyed it so much so thanks for that yeah no problem and i have been your host this week i am bubba wheat i my other podcast is it's time to rewind where i cover time loop movies and tv show tv shows one loop at a time when this comes out i believe i'll be just finishing my buffy and angel season and uh you can also follow me on twitter where i'm at bubba wheat 
And you can also find the Bowfinger Minute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. Please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to join the discussion, be sure to join the Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center on Facebook, or follow the show at Bowfinger Minute. And uh, be sure to join us here next week, which will be a new batch of hosts on the Bowfinger Minute. So in the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Together children. I hope that we'll see you again. Cause there's always one more Sure.